Good afternoon. This is Gary Kavanagh here on TRSI. I'm here today with my friend and colleague Michael Dwyer. Today is the 6th of the 5th month of 2020 and it is looking like it's going to be another beautiful day you're not allowed to go out and play in. Much like living in Chernobyl. <laughs> yes, with the wolves. However, it is a glorious day because any day where you can hear our sultry tones to you in a podcast is another day you're alive, and that is really the greatest of all gifts. Okay. Not to oversell the importance of this podcast to the listener. God, no. A couple of things interesting happening today. Start with something a little bit less serious. Bring a little bit of levity to the proceedings. Let's start with Professor Neil Ferguson. Neil Ferguson is a member of the Scientific Advisory Group for Emergencies called SAGE. SAGE. Which is the... Uh, British group. You may remember Mr. Ferguson from the initial muddling of how many deaths COVID-19 would cause in England and the kerfuffle about that. I think he said around 17 million, was it? Yeah, it, it, it went up. It, let's just say a silly number. One, two, three, many. So basically his research was a core part of why uh, Boris, Locked, uh, Boris Johnson, Boris Lockdown, yeah. Boris Johnson. Boris Lockdown Johnson put a lockdown in the UK. Uh, unfortunately, Professor Ferguson has today resigned, or yesterday resigned, from SAGE after making a terrible error of judgment. An error of judgment, there you go. Yes, yes, it, it turns out that a, um, a married woman, who the British press are reporting is his lover, has driven across London and visited him on at least two occasions for what the journal.ie says were visits... And what the British press says uh, were visits for the purpose of sex, which seems kind of puerile, but... You said you said lover, the word lover, in a slightly tone as if you were a bit sceptical. I mean, in fairness, from the context of what I read in the story, she is the very least a liker. I mean, she behaved in a way towards the man which I would normally construe as being at least friendly. Yes. Well, the problem there is because Professor Ferguson was one of the main people behind <clears throat> lockdown, it looks bad to have a married woman coming across a large distance to come to his house repeatedly. Oh, I don't know. I think it looks rather good that a woman is willing to break lockdown to come over to his guy. I think she's giving him rather good PR there. Uh, <laughs> I think that rather, On one level, yes. Rather rather impressive. I, I did enjoy... I mean, you have to say... The British tabloids, there is there is a certain joy to the the tabloid headline writer. Was it uh, lockdown prof in pants down scandal? I think they 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 do they let go and they enjoy themselves. And I think that the, there's this there must be a, I'm I'm sure these 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 things are not easy, Gary. I'm sure of that. It's one of those things you look at and people say, oh, but I suspect that there's a great skill in the design of the correct grabbing tabloid headline. And some of them are absolutely fabulous. Although I think Gotcha is still one of the best ones now, ever written. Gotcha. Now, this is very little to do with anything, but it, it's just such... I, I just love it so much, I'm going to say it anyway. Talking headlines. Now, I suspect that this had been in the, the locker for a very long time in the hope that the history would conform in a certain way that make it possible. Anyway, it happened that... Celtic, always one of the two dominant powers in Scottish soccer, were playing uh, Caledonian Thistle in a soccer game, which they would be expected to win. 
very easily. On this occasion, Caledonian Thistle, whose nickname is Cali, actually beat Celtic. Everybody's amazing surprise. The headline, Gary, was Super Cali Go Ballistic Celtic Are Atrocious. Oh. <laughs> I'll repeat that. Super Cali Go Ballistic Celtic Are Atrocious. Now, I think that man deserved at least a nomination for a Nobel Prize. Anyway, so you, you may be wondering, why is this interesting that a professor is sleeping with a married woman who other media says is in an open relationship, ah. which changes the equation really not at all, um, depending on why you think this was a problem. No, I just Can I ask you the question? Because you can explain this. You know all about papers and media and politics and things. I thought you were about to say open relationships. Well, I would never suggest that, because Gary, the dear listener may know, has a, a girlfriend that lives in Canada. Anyway... <laughs> To what extent is his judgment as an epidemiologist, virologist, scientist affected by his ability to attract women across London? I mean, unless it's taking him away from his research, probably not at all. You see, I would be, I would be a bit concerned. Now, I'm not saying that Neil Ferguson actually is that man, but in any field of science, of expertise, applied science, that you had the best man, the best woman the best human being in the job. And then because they did something with their genitals that was not approved of, that you put somebody in who wasn't as good at doing that thing with their job. Yeah, but then again, Michael, you could have a situation where he's, he's there and he's over the microscope and he's close to a cure and a woman just turns up and tells him, let's have sex. And he wanders off and no cure is ever done. I'm skept- that's roughly how science works, isn't it? That's Well, that's how science worked when I was in fifth and sixth year doing physics, anyway. There was actually something quite interesting, uh, actually relevant, that he said. Yeah. Because he was behind the lockdown, and th- there are many things behind the lockdown, but one of the ideas is that um, herd immunity through natural spread of the virus through the population is going to be a terrible idea. But also, he said when he resigned that I acted in the belief that I was immune, having tested positive for coronavirus and completely isolating myself for almost two weeks after developing symptoms. The scientific evidence isn't clear that there are that there is an immunity. It looks like there's an immunity. But SAGE and the British government hasn't come out and said there's an immunity. But yeah, one of the top scientists in the country was willing to have an affair uh, across the city because he thought that it was perfectly fine because he was immune. Is SAGE a good name? I mean, I, I, I get the wise thing, but when they say, you say, every time you say SAGE, all I can think of that was leaves of SAGE frying in butter to pour over some nice ravioli. I'm a very, or stuffing in chicken and stuff. I don't know, SAGE. I think they could have, they could have got it, they could have gone again on that one. This also, this also roughly happened with the, um, the Scotland's chief medical officer. The tabloids found her making unnecessary trips after she said that there should be a lockdown. I, I, honest to God, I thought for a second there you were going to say, they caught her making unnecessary love. <laughs> I thought, what kind of that, what kind of love is unnecessary? I mean, it would be quite funny if she had also been going to Ferguson. <laughs> Funny, incestuous, but funny, yeah. Well, I mean, it would just be impressive, really, I suppose. Well, thank God that kind of thing doesn't go on with Dr. Holohan. I'm sure that was... Uh, uh, to me, I don't know the man from Adam, but uh, he has the look of a very happily married man with probably three children, two in Trinity, one in UCD. The second boy is a talented rugby player and could go far. I mean, there's been an interesting reaction to this, I think, from the press, because there's a certain amount of people who are saying, great, because... This person has locked down the country, and if they're not abiding for it, by it, we should just 
everything they do that fails should be dragged out into the open. And there's another group of people going, well, these aren't really public figures. These are people who ended up being public figures because the public is interested. Yeah. And the old journalistic saying is what the public is interested in is not the same as what's in the public interest. It is true. Because if it was what the public is interested in, we could do anything to celebrities. Well, this is also a perfect example of that, it seems to me. The public is interested in people, their their elders and their betters, having sex. Well, I mean, that too. But I, So there is, there is an argument there that if you, if you do stuff like this, the next time there's a crisis, uh, a scientist or someone who is not a public figure may hesitate to get involved. Because they know if they get involved, their public life or their private life is now about to become their public life. And they won't want that, so they won't come forward at all. So there's a question of if this is actually just damaging to any sort of crisis going forward. Well, I think there is a truth to that. I think it's, and there's a wider truth. I think that the more people become licensed to be interested in the private parts of people's private lives. I think it's a very, it turns off. I'll tell you, Gary. Our po- politicians in Ireland and across the Western world are going to increasingly look like slices of sliced bread. The only difference is that some will be, some will be brown, some will be white, some will be mixed grain, and that'll be about the height of it. I thought you were going to make a joke about white and stale. Well, stale will make better toast. It does. It's also better for sandwiches, I think. A little bit of staleness in the bread. Good uh, Vienna loaf. Controversial there, Gary. Con- controversial opinions there from Gary on sandwich making. I think that there is a problem that we're going to have these because people are just deliberate. Anybody who has a past, anybody who has a vaguely interesting or normal life as a young person is just going, no, no, I'm, I don't want them digging around what I did between. And I certainly personally would not people want digging around what I did between the ages of 21 and 30. Frankly, I wouldn't like. Anyway, put happily in Ireland we have historically been of the opinion that people's bedroom life is their own bloody business and we don't care I mean Charlie Haw he was believed to be having affairs regularly nobody cared but I think that was because the press feared if they reported on it Charlie Haw he would come at them <laughs> but going back to Lamas I think it was always it was widely believed that Lamas's marriage was not wonderful also Lamas was privately believed not to be religious he was supposed to be a at the very least, an agnostic. Nobody talked about it. Bertie, Bertie Ahern, publicly was separated from his wife and was living with his new partner, with whom he was not married. Oh, just before we move on, you were talking about um, uh, tabloid headlines. Yeah. Did you see the one of uh, Nigel Farage? He uh, he went to Dover. No. So he went to Dover because he is technically a journalist now, so he can film around the place. But there was a question of the legality of it. And the um, <laughs> the Metro headline is just a picture of Farage, and the headline is a legal scene in Dover. <laughs> That's very good. I like that. <laughs> I think there is a certain thing to that. On the other hand, you know, have some common sense. Yeah. If you're the person who shut down the country, which many people are taking very poorly. Yeah. Don't have your married lover over repeatedly to your house. Or or, or at least, if you if you are, you get her a press pass so she can say she's a journalist and nobody will stop her. Also, I think it shows that, that lockdowns are not something that can go on forever. Because as we saw in Scotland, as we saw in the UK, even the people proposing them are breaking them. Well, yeah. it's um... For reasons that are not really important. 
<laughs> on that on that note, we're moving along. Finafall. Oh, we we God. had uh, the the news from Finafall has changed. Before it was Miha Martin saying that, oh well, it would be terribly difficult for the membership to get a vote, and privately they were saying, well, the membership won't get a vote because COVID, and we really don't want. Oh it. yeah, the post. You see, Gary, the post. The post is terrible. Post terrible. 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 Unfortunately for Michal Martin, the music has changed in about the last two weeks because of a red sea pole. The music is the, the music has changed. A... Okay, put it this way: music has changed from and the overture to the Barber of Seville, da, da 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 da, to Verdi's Requiem. That's what. The, that's the change of music. There's a uh, famous reaction image online, and it's just a a jazz musician. And it just says, the caption is just, the jazz music screeches to a halt. <laughs> so, anyway, the, the opinion polls that were published, was it last Sunday? Last Sunday. So, Fianna Fáil now 14%. So, Mial Martin has come out to say that, of course, though incredibly difficult, everyone who wants a vote on the programme for government will have a vote on the programme for government. And I would say someone inside Fianna Fáil sat down with them and went, no, Mihal, fourteen percent. Yeah, it's going to the membership. It's, it's going to the now. Obviously, he desperately wants to avoid it because there is a suspicion, long, even before this poll, that the, the membership might be bullshit. I think after this poll, the membership are going, the, shall we say, positively revolutionary, and it's indicative to me that the fact that Martin has conceded on this is that this is his last desperate throw of the dice. It is all about Mihal becoming Taoiseach. It's nothing to do with the nothing to do with the party or the history or the or the philosophy or the future. It's Mihal wants to be Taoiseach, and he don't care what he leaves. As Louis the Fourteenth said, "Après moi le déluge." After me, the flood. It's um. I don't know if you're a gambling man, Michael. I have been. I have been. If you've ever gone to any of the the private clubs and you're playing against someone, there's a couple of good clubs in Dublin which I. Don't recommend, but they're technically membership clubs and don't ever close. <laughs> so you can get food and drink there at two in the morning as you play poker. But sometimes you'll be playing against someone and you can see that they've lost a great amount of money and it's not about making the money back. Mm. It's about just winning a hand. Right, yeah. So yeah. that they, they can then get up. But they keep losing and you just, after a while, you're just looking at them and yes, you're taking their money, but you're also like, just leave. And that's that's very this true. This is, I, I kind of feel, not bad for you, but it's kind of becoming pitiful. Yeah. Just get up and go away. But there's an almost magical force holding them that they can't leave until they've won a hand. Any kind of hand. Yeah, because then it's okay. Then, you know, they've got their pride and they and can step back. And leaving a winner. Yeah. But they just keep losing. Yeah. And that's Michal Martin for a decade. They are now lower than they were at one stage when the Troika came in. And that was Michal Martin's thing. He couldn't be gotten rid of because he was the person who brought the party back. And now, now he's brought the party down. He brought the party back so far that in an election, which was a change election, and he was leader of the opposition, that he surged all the way... To losing seats. To losing seats and getting 20-odd percent of the vote. And saying... Sinn Féin rise to historic highs. In the, the last Red Sea poll, you could take all of Fianna Fáil voters 
add every unknown in the poll, and they're still a percentage point behind Sinn Féin. It's not good. It's that, not it's, good. It's bad. And there will be a moment where the floodgates open, and something will be said against Martin internally, or someone will make a move on him, and then he's just going to be swept away. But there is this weird, almost like internally there's a dam, and all of the pressure to get rid of him is being held behind that. And it's just a question of when it starts to break. Yeah, I think that's... And he has an incredible ability to survive. Largely, it seems, because people in Finnefall don't want to take him out. Yeah, but I think that's has been in, in a much smaller parliamentary party than the historically they're used to. They looked around and said, well, who else? And I, <clears throat> within the smaller party... There I'm certainly are individuals who see themselves as leadership and Taoiseach material, but because the groups are so small, they're effectively blocking each other. And the, the sense was, well, we, until somebody emerges as a clear leader, a clear alternative, we're better off just going with Martin. But I think now, I, I'm sorry, just play the music, bring down the curtain, shake hands... Yeah, I mean, to to press on with the gambling analogy, he's lost most of his money and now he's kind of on the family silver. Yeah, and I think it's time for Mammy to come in and say now... Just a, a firm hand on the shoulder and a, I think you've had your shot. I mean, if it's necessary, you know, give him a pistol and point him to a locked room. You know... Okay, that was a little bit further than I was going to go, but... Well, I, you know, it's the dark side. This is the dark... Well, what used to be the dark side, God bless it. I mean... Let's look. There's. I don't. You saw Gary. There's a the front page of the Independent <coughs> today. Is a new the, the story a little bit that won't die. The Leaving Cert is back on the agenda. There is apparently tremendous pressure coming on the government. Now, here's here's something actually, and this relates to Fianna Fáil, I think, because Fianna Fáil traditionally have been very good at politics. Yeah, the actual art of politics not just doing things but doing them in a way that makes political sense which traditionally Finnegan have been terrible at yes because they do things and they don't think or they don't accurately predict how the public will react to those things or the impact of those things politically yeah and then the, so they just keep shooting themselves in the head repeatedly but Finnegan traditionally didn't do that the leaving cert though Michal Martin's coming out in support of removing the leaving cert this year is a terrible idea politically. And to me, it's an example of two things. One, why Fianna Fáil increasingly doesn't look like a serious party. but And two, increasingly why they look like what Fine Gael used to look like, say, under Michael Noonan and Kenny. <clears throat> They're desperately looking for a popular for a popular policy. And what Fine Gael used to do was they go for popular ideas and then discover, oh, that's actually not that popular, which is not a great way to go. So you have Thomas Byrne, um, he's not a stupid man. He's competent. He's not. He's, he's very much not. He's a competent guy, Thomas Byrne. And he comes out on the telly and he, for some reason, even though I thought this had been put to bed some weeks ago, no, let's bring it up again. Uh, we want the Leaving Cert. And <clears throat> his plan was, he said, he was interviewed, something to the effect of, well, you know, the third level in Ireland is full of yours. It's really creative, creative and innovative. And they'll find a way to organize the places no lads no if you're going to get rid of the leaving cert you need to have a better plan than saying the lads in the universities is very clever they'll they'll work it out that's not bloody good enough now i don't know if this is largely coming from there's a group there's a thing in ireland have you know gary which 
slightly slightly irritates me, which is with RTE and the papers, particularly RTE. A group can set it, get a group gets set up, gives it, give, you give it a title, and then announce it on the news in such a way as to make you believe that this is the pontifical body on the subject. So we're talking for like the National Council for Women of Ireland, which has I was, I was actually yeah, that's you know, exactly what I was thinking. Of. You think of them, and you think they represent all the women of Ireland, when there is a tiny fraction of the women. You have Atheist Ireland, which is always put on as a balance act, right? Well, at least with Atheist Ireland, they don't accept state funding. That is true. So I can, I can, yeah, you want to do that, that's fine. No, no, I have no problem with Atheist Ireland doing what they do. And Michael Newton Michael is, 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 is a nice guy, and they do what they do. And their job is to big up the Atheist Ireland. Atheist Ireland is around 500 members, right? But it's put on against... As the balancing act, see if David Quinn or Breed O'Brien or somebody on is on, or, there has to that that's what they consider a balance. Like the, well, even at the even at bad times, like Gary, there's still a couple of million Catholics in Ireland, Christians, and atheists Ireland. Also, by the way, nobody elected them. They didn't go around to all the atheists in Ireland and say, "Are you happy to be represented by these people?" I can no, I never, I never got a ballot in my a ballot through the door. Anyway, we have a statutory body called the Parents Council, right? Set up, I think, by Gemma Hussey back in the day so that parents could be an integral part of the development, blah, 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 blah. The Parents Council has around 1,500 members. There's over 4,000 schools in Ireland. So, and I may be off the page here, but that seems to me that that means it represents less than half of the schools of Ireland. And to the extent as well, these are the people who are on the school boards. This does not represent, it is, and it cannot, should not be figured as representing the opinion of the, the broad sway of the Irish parents, because we don't know what that their opinion is. It may mirror this, it may not. But, <clears throat> first of all, they constantly are talking about the fact that all these kids are under this tremendous pressure and stress and all this. But it seems to me this continuing this discussion, rather than just drawing to a point and giving them the certainty, okay, lads, you're going to have the exam, but it's only got it could be one exam a day. These are the, going to be the dates. You're going to be supported. There's going to be online supports. There's going to be there's going to be classes for six years in the schools. You're going to there's going to be safety procedures. There's going to be social. There's going to be social distancing. There's going to be all the things necessary to done to keep you safe. And then let them get on with it. But dragging it on and on and on with what nobody has presented anything close to a viable plan predictive predictive grades well how 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 will predictive grades work give me a they won't that's that's the problem they clearly won't because they were saying i will use the mocks but Jeez. not all students even sit the mocks not all students sit the mocks secondly different schools will use different uh will use different papers for the mocks well, also, lots of directors. people don't treat don't treat the mocks seriously. No, how many? Because so you go to people and go. Oh, by the way, that test we told you had no actual function other than giving you a sense of what it's like to actually take the exams. That'll be your final grade, and there's a no way to challenge this. A small example from my own experience, rather a sad one in a way. In my mocks, in my physics 
I got 54%. So I was a mark away from a C. When presented with the thing in the in the leaving search, sadly, that dropped that dropped something like uh, fifteen percentage points, because the highest mark I I got uh, was thirty nine. We'll put it that way. So there's because you could say, well, oh well, it's generally speaking, the box and you, the grades will go up a grade or a grade and a half because that's what happens. It's not true. Also, you have no way of knowing. What students are going to be putting in what work between the point they did their mocks in whenever? What, February you do your mocks? Um, I believe so. Between February and, and you, you've no way of knowing that. You've no way of knowing. Different schools different will be at different points in the syllabus. Some of them will have finished the course before Christmas. Others will have been, will, will have been doing project work. It's just also, how can there be an appeals program? There has to be some kind of appeals program, surely. And how can you guarantee fair, fairness? How can you guarantee consistency? How can you guarantee the safety of teachers? No, no one has been able to actually come back and say, and this is what will happen, and this is how it will work, and give in any way an actual workable solution to this thing. I mean, if someone could, I'd treat this a lot more seriously. Up to now, it just seems like you're saying things because they'll sound popular. And the problem here, I think, for... Finna fall, and the reason you don't say these things is because if they get into government before June, and people go, oh, you said you'd do this, then what are you going to do? Because they know this would be a disaster. Yeah. The legal industry on its own would be nightmarish about this. I mean, can you imagine the amount of challenges? And then just to sort of, oh, well, the university sector will figure it out. They're ever so smart. One, I don't think the university sector likes the idea of having to figure this out. They have a perfectly acceptable system they've built. One of the art, there was an article in The Independent where the, the journalist made the perfectly reasonable observation that people have been talking about looking to, talking about designing an alternative to the Leaving Cert for years and still haven't come anywhere close to coming up with a solution. And now we're going to do it in the space of a fortnight. That seems unlikely. That does seem unlikely, because the Leaving Cert, there are many things wrong with it. But, on the other hand, it is a relatively fair and objective measurement system. It's And the thing is, everybody, in a time when people are increasingly sceptical about institutions, and we know that levels of trust in institutions and in corporate bodies is lower than it ever has been. If you ask people, do you think the Leaving the Leaving Cert is fair, fair in the sense of not corrupt, fair in the sense of anonymous, everybody just gets what they get. People say yes. There's just Everybody assumes you do the exam and there isn't any, there are no backhanders, there's no fivers being exchanged, there's no special favours because that's the system, they're so, the, the system is organised in such a way that doesn't happen. Now you're going to replace it with a system which is purely subjective and also by the way, it would absolutely require the cooperation of teachers. And I haven't noticed anybody yet ask the teachers or, the, or even ask the unions, will you be willing to do this? Because I know, not on a question of work, not on a question of money, but simply on principle, many, many teachers will simply say, no, it is not my function 
to be a Jude, to be the adjudicator of my students. <clears throat> my job is to be their educator and their advocate, and I'm not going to do that. And on, <coughs> excuse me. And until you have a guarantee, at least, that teachers are willing to cooperate in this, then I don't see why you're even talking about it. And what are you, how are you, how we're talking about it because we think it would be popular. But again, it's it's a terrible idea because if you actually say you'll do this and you get into power and then have to do something, you already know there's nothing you can do about this. But that's the problem, Gary, isn't it? Like you said, it's popular today, front page today. The problem is when people start to think about it and the consequences of it and the practicalities involved in doing it. Within three days' time, it will not be a popular idea anymore. And that's one of the fundamental... That's why in the context of Fianna Fáil, it's a kind of symbolic thing. It's emblematic of the problem of where they are. It does seem a little bit like there's a sort of just grab anything. Yeah. Whereas, the, even under Martin, actually, well, Martin's judgment has never been the best. But I'd say even under Martin a couple of years ago, they would have just said, Look, we understand that this is uh, an issue for students and there's anxieties, but there's no other workable system. And we'll put in place mental health, whatever, that sort of thing. Yeah. Or they just wouldn't have talked about it because they could see there was no gain in it. Yeah, why Why go there? What's, what are you going to get out of this? I don't know. Listen, I, I, this, is going to, this is going to rumble. Well, it can't rumble on for very much longer. That's the other thing. As I said, they, they, they keep talking about you know, their care. They care so much about, again, now not to go back to the, as we said, the, the, the need for uh, randomised controlled trials. We're being told simply that people, the, chil the children in these situations are under far more stress and handling it much worse than they normally would. You know, we don't even know if that's true. No, I, I mean, it, it will be. There is one thing just that Byrne said that I actually found um, particularly bad because Byrne is not stupid. Byrne is, in fact, actually pretty sharp. Yeah. Uh, but what he said was that, um, that it was unfair to underestimate the stress that students are feeling now. And the reason they're feeling that stress is because of the uncertainty about their exams. And that the government cannot continue to adopt this wait-and-see approach with the Leaving Cert and therefore has to be cancelled. But the government hasn't adopted a wait-and-see policy with the Leaving Cert. It said the Leaving Cert is happening. Absolutely. The uncertainty is coming from Fianna Fáil. And they're the they're, people saying, well, no, it shouldn't happen. They're the ones starting, going around stirring up apathy, the old joke. They're the ones doing, and also the only uncertainty, the only uncertainty is regarding the precise dates. Now we know within five or six days when the leaving cert will start and when it will finish, but that's the level of the uncertainty. The actual, the and then they have to decide on the actual dates where the exams will take place, because it's going because of the context. You're only going to have one exam a day, so it's going to be spread out. It's not. It's going to take around four weeks to get the whole thing completed rather than the normal period because uh well as to lower stress but also to make sure that you don't have kids hanging around either in school or in town they come in they do the exam they go home so you only have one a day but <clears throat> that's the level <coughs> excuse me that's the level of the uncertainty if any they, the three of all are going around start stirring up the uncertainty again which i think is unnecessary and counterproductive and i don't think that it's going to see them do anything it's also uh, i mean 
It's also a mark of incredible desperation. Now, having said all this, I, I hope that Joe McHugh sticks to his guns. I So far, Joe has done a pretty good job, more than a pretty good job. I think he's as good. We, he, he's been a, a very successful <laughs> minister so far, in so far that he's done a lot of things that I agree with. But we'll see. I, well, I think, I, I think he's, he's realised that, like, what, what exactly is the other option? And no one has been able to present one. That makes sense. There's just a lot of this is terrible. We go, okay, we agree it's terrible. But what is the alternative? Now, if you are worried about, and there's absolutely okay to be worried about it, but students that are experiencing particularly stressful situations or issues, or they're having issues maybe with communication because of a lack of broadband or they don't have uh, laptops, whatever, you can. there are ways you can put in safety uh, safety measures where you create a certain number of places which can be awarded on the basis of interview and if you can show that people have particular difficulties. You create safety paths over the next couple of years where people have alternative routes into third level. Now, many of these already exist. Uh, and you, I know you're aware, you're aware of them as well, Gary, that where you know people haven't had particularly successful school experiences. There are courses you can go in specialized in, in special like colleges for a year that will then bring you into Trinity uh, or UCD, the specific uh, allowances there. There are, there are ways you can manage this without just taking the whole thing and throwing it out. Anyway. Is it, is it a bad sign that this is... What, what else is Fianna Fáil talking about these days? It, well, it's talking about the fact that... The green proposals are doable, which is oh, terrifying. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but have you seen the estimates for carbon reduction this year? I haven't actually. How are we looking? I was having a look, Gary, and will you, the estimates are that as a result of the pandemic and the lack of economic activity, we will see a decline of around seven to eight percent. In carbon emissions. Now, my message on that is that's what the Greens want to achieve through policy, and they want to achieve that year on year, seven percent reduction. So, for the first time ever, we can actually say to people in a concrete, practical way, you know that seven percent reduction in carbon emissions. That's what this looks like. That's what you have to do to achieve that. Now, are you happy with that? And that's not just one year. That'll be the year after and the year after. Now, I think a lot of people up to now have said, ah, well, carbon is a bad thing. It's a bit like poison, isn't it? So we should get rid of it. And sure, we'll find a way of doing stuff without it and it'll be grand. I think now that people have actually seen the level of D, what's what's the phrase when you when you 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 stop something you d it's not d ratcheting anyway the level of uh the level of which economic activity has to decline to achieve that I think they may actually be a little bit less well disposed to the ocean but Michal Martin Fianna Fáil saying you want to reduce by saying yeah that's doable you want to cull the national herd. Yeah, yeah, that's doable. You want to reduce food production. At the present, Gary, 
23 different countries in the world are either in or about to go into famine. So that's doable. So let's cut food production, Gary. That makes sense. That's a moral position, isn't it? Yeah. Let's cut food production and lie back and go, look at all those silly people in the third world dying of hunger. Aren't they silly? They should be cutting their carbon footprint instead of hanging Mm -hmm. around not having enough food to eat. You know, if, if we were less good people, we could produce food to sell to them, thereby making money and ending famine. Well, that seems to me that somebody might be making money, Gary, there, and that's a bad... Therefore, it's an evil. How would you get it to them? There could be... You'd have food miles, Gary, food miles. Which are very bad things, food miles. People having to send food all over the place. Oh, no, no, no. Unless, of course, you did it by rowboat. And you had small children doing the rowing who were fueled exclusively by non-GMO soya products. That would be okay. I think we will leave it there, and we will be back on Friday, where we will see if Finnefall have found a new way to abseil into the abyss. Well, God love them, they're doing their best. Oh, and Michal is... any field in which they're innovative at the minute. I think that, you know, the really annoying thing about this is, mm. is that they should be better than this. And yes, they, Martin is behind a lot of this, and the Dublin strategy, and the last 10 years of strategy... Have not worked. They've been terrible. But I can at least understand why people initially chose them. But how quickly they have become bad. Yeah, and the problem here is that, yes, even if it's coming from Martin and the people around Martin, if you let them stay there, that's a decision. And then you're all being involved in it and everyone is being dragged down. Yeah, but the thing... Okay, I put it like this. You know, times change, situations change, people... But imagine you're talking about, say, a, 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 a tennis player. He was a really good tennis player, really dominant, really knew how to play the game. But he gets older. <clears throat> okay, he loses a step of speed. He maybe doesn't hit the ball as hard as the new kids do. But what would be really disappointing and surprising would be just would be to see that he can't manage the game, that he can't have. He doesn't have the same mental strength. Maybe he doesn't have the speed. Maybe he doesn't have the power. But he has the the cuteness and the cleverness to manage the thing. And Fianna Fáil may have lost them, but they sh- they've lost their cuteness as well. They've lost that institutional memory of how to be good at politics. Do you know what I would love to hear? An hour of the private, unpublished thoughts of Eamon O'Queeve. For example, it's probably mostly just screaming. <laughs> I can't imagine Eamon as I can't. I, I don't see him as a, as much of a screamer. Um, I, more of a sort of a a deep sob kind of. Oh, what they've done! You're to... right. He's he's probably gone through the warm sea of screaming <laughs> into the area beyond, which is just rage. <laughs> what silent rage? They've just. What would what would Granda do? What would Granda? I mean, Eamon, Eamon O'Keefe tried to sort it. He tried to get Fianna Fáil up north without Martin knowing. Yeah, <laughs> that was a good one. That was an amazing one. Which is what we're doing? What now? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eamon O'Keefe announced it. <laughs> anyway, we'll be back on Friday with something rather special. Well, at least something, but mildly interesting to us, which we hope will entertain you. Until then, stay home, stay safe. Enjoy the sunshine. Get a chair. Sit out the back, and get. You need your vitamin D.
You need your vitamin D, folks. So get out there, get some vitamin D, and come back to us on Friday. Bye-bye. All the best.